Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today is the second part of my interview with Adele Ballantyne. When you're going through a divorce and it can be high conflict at times and there's children involved, you know, really being able to sort of hold back on the arguments in front of the kids to, you know, protect them from what's going on. So you at least have a chance to resolve it without their involvement is really important. What is your advice if you're going through a high conflict divorce with children involved? I think it's incredibly difficult. If it's high conflict without violence, so because we have to separate those out because it's a whole different ball game where there is violence and, and abusive behaviour, coercive control, whatever, that, that different rules apply. So we're looking at high conflict because you don't get on anymore because you're angry with each other. Um, you know, then I would say it takes two people to have an argument, definitely does. Most clients will say to me, we just can't stop arguing. Well, the best way to stop arguing is don't engage. Take a step back. Listen, you learn a lot. If you're used to arguing, you are absolutely sure that you know what the other person thinks and says and means. Absolutely, you are sure, but you're not. Because the moment one person starts getting cross, your fight-flight response kicks in and your listening skills reduce dramatically. And because you're so used to arguing, you know what's coming next anyway, so you don't even have to listen. And we do that automatically. So if, if you're in a high conflict where there's lots of shouting going on, best thing that you can do is some breathing some nice slow deep breathing because that slows the fight flight response down so it calms your whole system down so you appear calmer research shows that the mirroring that happens when you start breathing slowly means that your partner although they might still be ranting and raving if you are calmer and just start breathing they will start to slow down too nobody ever had a good conversation with two people talking politicians do it all the time it drives me crazy but you know um we need to slow things down so don't engage but listen and validate there's nothing worse if you're angry with somebody to say something that's really important to you only to have that person gloss over in reply with something completely different validate it i can see you're really angry about that i hear you i hear why you're upset about that it makes such a huge difference because it means that they know then that you've listened and that you can see them. Many couples say, I don't even know who they are anymore. They don't even look at me anymore. They can't see who I am. It's true. We do stop looking. We do stop listening. And the moment we do that, we are lost. We're lost completely. So focus really listen to the words you know your heart might be racing you might be thinking oh gosh my whole life's about to fall apart here and what about the kids and what about everything else but focus really listen to the words and be curious about it okay I hear what you're saying 
I can see you're angry about that. And I'm sorry if my behavior has upset you. Quite often couples will say to me when they're angry with each other, especially when one person has left, you left us, you left me, you left our children, you left the family. Absolutely not. What, what's happened is that you are leaving an adult relationship. You are still a family, you're still parents. Your responsibilities as parents are the same. Your children still need you both. And they need what those unique gifts that each of you can give them. Your family has changed shape. It's just not the nuclear family that we're led to believe is the right way to do this. Your family's changed shape. It's now T-shaped. You've got two homes with two parents and however many children you have. And children go home to each parent. They don't visit. They don't contact. They go home to each parent. I've had parents cry because in the nine years that their divorce has been going through, not one person has said, when do your children come home to you? They cry. It breaks my heart. You are parents the moment you conceive a child together, you know, and if you're a couple together and then you separate, the only thing that has changed there is your adult relationship, not your parent relationship. With that in mind, how do you suggest that parents in that situation, understanding those points, because I think they're very valid, how do you communicate that to children to let them know, right, mommy and daddy are separating, how do you explain what life will look like and how to best reassure them that you know it is just the adult relationship that's changing? I think the first thing is to understand that two journeys begin when you separate your adult to adult relationship breakdown and the beginning of your co-parent journey. The best way to talk to your children is however many children you have, sit them all down together, agree beforehand what you're going to say Firstly, they don't need the details. There is no way, however mature, grown up, articulate, your children appear, there is no way on this earth they are going to understand what has happened to you as two adults. They've never had a sexual relationship with an adult because they're children. They cannot possibly know. Their whole life, all they've known is you as parents, mum and dad. That's the first thing. As parents, we have responsibilities. We don't have rights. Children are not our possessions. They do not belong to us. And one day they will grow up and leave you and make lives of their own. They're not possessions. They're not to be passed backwards and forwards in contact or visits. They need homes together. So that's what you explain to them mummy and daddy, mum and dad, dad and dad, mum and mum, whatever your setup, whatever your parenting relationship is, even grandparents maybe, you know, you sit and you talk, you say, look, we're not happy together anymore. We're falling out a lot. We're just not getting on and we think we'll be better living in two homes and you will have two homes. And parents worry about that. The confusing thing here, Sarah, is that the grief that we all go through when we experience change, the behaviour often looks the same in adults and children. However, 
the, the feelings and understanding behind it are often different and they often get confused. So um, you might have somebody saying, they're really angry, they don't want to go to see their dad today. So I'm not gonna make them go because if they don't wanna go, I'm not gonna force them. There are some choices that children can have in a family and there are some that are non-negotiable, I believe. The non-negotiables are when it is safe to do so, they see both parents. You get that right, right from the beginning, you won't have too many problems with your children. Yes, they're gonna go through all the anger and the upset because this is a big change for them, just as it is for you. However, most children cope with that really, really well. And children tell us that, you know, in therapy, children say, look, we just want you to stop arguing. We just want you to get on with your life and let us see you. Let us have a relationship with each of you. Because the moment you start giving children choices about seeing both parents, you put them firmly in the middle of you. Children are parent pleasers. They don't want to see you upset. If they believe that going to see the other parent is going to cause you upset, their behavior will shift and they will say they don't want to go. That's why quite often from other parents who say, the minute they're in the car, they stop crying and we have a great time. The behavior is for the person they're often leaving. Again, it's important to reiterate that this is for healthy relationships. Yeah. And if the children have developed a fear of going, then that, you know, the child has to have a voice and, and be heard. And, Absolutely. And that investigated. So co-parenting tips, Adele, from you, because obviously this is an area of your expertise. I'm, I'm keen to know, you know, I get so many clients who are saying to me, Sarah, you know, they get too much screen time or the bedtime just isn't right. Or they don't chop the vegetables in the way that they like, you know. And then obviously there's bigger issues like, you know, what schools do they go to and medical care. So you know, what are your top tips for, for co-parenting, you know, Obviously, the amicable ones are slightly easier to manage, but where there has been conflict in the past, how do you navigate that path? I would say keep, put your children first, okay? And what I mean by that is that, you know, they are your responsibility as parents. So try and keep all of your adult stuff away from that. Park it. Do it another time because these decisions are important. We have the freedom of choice so choose to make the right decision together as parents choose what is going to be best choose to have that conversation about schools and don't see it as a well you're going to get your own way anyway it's not about that it's about talking about it in a way that you would have had you stayed together it's a different sort of conversation Think about the language that you're using. A lot of the time when I'm working with co-parents, it's looking at things like language. It's much better to have a quite business-like conversation if you are angry with your ex-partner. It's much better to be business-like because then the emotion is, is less likely to come into that. Likewise, if you receive something that absolutely makes you lose your, you know, you get the red mist, don't answer it straight away. Leave it. Go away. Write a reply on a piece of paper, but don't send it. Sleep on it. Come back the next day and read it. Because once you've calmed down, 
you will think differently. Then you're looking for, okay, what, what are they wanting from me? You know, what are they wanting to discuss? Make it suggestions rather than this is the school. What do you think? These are my thoughts. What do you think? It would be great to hear what your thoughts are about this. You know, and things like that with behavior, sharing information. A lot of parents don't tend to do that and it infuriates parents. You know, you both love your children. If something happens, you, you want to know about it. And it's not about, you know, well, you left, so you don't have a right to know anymore. Yes, you do. You do have, you're a parent. Your children are made up of half of each of you. And children say to us, look, I know I'm made up of half of mum and half of dad. So if dad doesn't like mum, does that mean he won't like that bit of me? They work it out. Likewise, saying bad things about each other to your kids. Oh, your dad's always doing this. Your mum's rubbish at that. Why on earth has your mother done that this time? No point. You are defined by your actions as far as your children are concerned. You know, at some point, they wake up one Christmas morning and realise Father Christmas does not exist. Equally, they wake up one morning and realise you are not the superhero parent they thought you were when they were really, really little. They learn about you. They learn that at the end of the day, yes, you're a parent, but you're not a superhero. You've got flaws. You've got bits knocked off of you because life has chipped away at you. And sometimes you got it right and sometimes you didn't get it right. Parents quite often will say, they don't even respect me. Respect isn't a right. You earn it. We all earn it. And, our, you know, our children, you know, we, we earn it from our children by our behaviour. So if we're constantly griping about the other parent, just remember that your child loves that person. What are you doing? What are you showing them? They're, you've got to give your Oscar-winning performance. They're watching you. Your body has a language. The sound of your voice speaks to them. Choose your words. Choose how you say it. And choose the right body language. Yeah, I think that's fabulous because I think a lot of people get so caught up on the battle that they lose track of what's best for their kids. And sometimes, you know, it's okay to disagree. Your kids are a lot more resilient than sometimes we give them credit for. And you know, if they go to bed an hour later, then sometimes, you know, looking at it, maybe, you know, the other parent gets in later, so they don't get as much time with them. So that is extra time that they get with their kid. There might be other reasons that you're not aware of. And just being able to say, well, you know what, that's not worth a huge argument or fight over or getting upset about, even if you're kids not communicating that. Our kids don't mind. Kids tell us. Look, it, it really doesn't matter. As long as we're fed, as long as we get some sleep, you know, if you think about it, you are with those parents, whatever time you've agreed, 50, 50, 70, 30, whatever. So if the parent who they're with for the least amount of time just gives them pizza, you know, that means that most of the time they're eating healthily. If they're going to bed a few nights later, do you know children adapt and they tell us they don't mind. They tell us they can do different rules in different houses and give each other a break as parents. We don't see what's going on in each other's homes. So try and put yourself in that other parent's shoes. You know, if they've forgotten to put something in a bag, is it because they've just come off a night shift? Is it because, you know, they've just mislaid something? 
you would forgive somebody. They're just not as organised as you are. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. And so in your relationship together, you would have rubbed along with those things and you would have forgiven each other. The ease, you can make this as hard or as easy as you like. And some parents say, oh, well, it's always me giving in all of the time. Don't see it as giving in. If it's something that's going to benefit your child, see it as okay. See it as that that you are helping, that you are, you know, creating a relationship in which that child can feel comfortable. I guess with toxic relationships, sometimes it is used as a manipulation form. So if someone is putting you in a position where you're always compromising, you know, that has red flags of, well, why is that? Is it because they don't understand? Is it because they're not like you were talking about earlier? You know, they don't really see it from your point of view. Or is it that they're just trying to be difficult because obviously the control of you is harder when you're not living together. So often you see that escalate with the children and messing you around on times and scheduling. And that's something I see all the time with my clients. So Absolutely. And and if it is a toxic relationship of, of any sort, then obviously what I've just talked about, you know, different rules apply. And in those instances, it's about being firm in the knowledge that you can parent your children that, you know, because often there are lots of threats that, oh, you know, you stopped them from playing on their Xbox. Well, yes, because in, in when they're home with me, they're only allowed to go on the Xbox for an hour after school. That's the rules in in our home when they're with me. If they're on it a long time with you, that's your rules for your house. And, you know, there's often a lot of threats that come. Oh, I'm going to report you. You know, you're restricting them from doing things. You are still allowed to parent. Lots of parents who have been in controlling relationships are fearful about putting rules in place for their children. Children need rules in place. They need rules with consequences. That's how we learn. It's how we learn as human beings. Parents are often quite frightened to put those rules in place when they have a coercive ex-partner. I would say don't. Be brave. Be the parent that you are. Be the consistent parent. Be the parent who turns up when they say they're going to turn up. You know, with do the best that you can because that's what your children will learn about you. And that's, you get, or the children get the parents that you create by your actions. And so if you're being the best parent that you can be for them, then, you know, they work out the other parent who's being manipulative because it doesn't add up. It's a bit like a, you know, mathematical um, sum, if you like, you know, five plus one is six. If they get five plus two is nine, you know, they're going to work out that something doesn't match. Children learn words and actions. Well, we all do. I love you means nothing without the actions to back it up. I'm sorry means nothing without a change in behaviour. So children learn that too. And they're much better at that than we are. And they only need one consistent parent to thrive. Worrying about, you know, well, they're not doing that. So it's going to really be damaging. Well, I mean, yes, of course, you don't want your child to be in a situation where people are misleading them or being controlling. But if you show up as the best parent you can be, then that's enough. And your child will recognize that, as you said, and know the difference, which actually I think is a very good life lesson to learn early on. And uh, many of us have been through those kind of controlling relationships. (laughs) Wish maybe we had learned earlier on because we certainly wouldn't be making the same mistakes later on in our life. So it's not all bad. 
It isn't. And, mm. and, you know, that links very nicely with boundaries. Boundaries are so important. And I cannot believe how many people go through their lives and their relationships not putting any in. They're so important. They keep us safe. They stop people from walking all over us. And, you know, the younger couples that I work with, sometimes I see this a lot. They would rather put up with the bad behaviour than not to be in a relationship. And, and I think that's really, really sad because what I know is that if you put boundaries in place, that means you won't put up with certain behavior. Then what happens is all those people who hit against that boundary and you, they can't knock it down, they move away and you get more respectful people coming nearer. Right, so thank you, Adele. It's been wonderful having you as a guest on the show today. Pleasure. Um, where can listeners find you? They can find me. I have a website. It's www.elidaconsultancy.com. Elida is, if you know the famous singer Adele, Elida is backwards. <laughs> so um, elidaconsultancy.com. All my information is on there. Um, contact me either email, telephone or by the contact form. One final question that I ask all my guests, because my podcast is called Heartbreak to Happiness, I think it's really important for all my listeners and and everyone to know what happiness is for them. So you've got something tangible to aim for. So what is happiness for you? Oh, that's a huge question, isn't it? Happiness for me, I think, is feeling comfortable in my skin. I think we spend a lot of time comparing ourselves to others. And there's a fantastic quote that I share quite often, which is comparison is the thief of joy. And I truly believe that as I've grown in my own personal development as a a therapist, because you do when you do this job, you're constantly looking and reevaluating. I think for me, happiness comes when we stop comparing ourselves to others and we do what is firstly right for us. But if we are co-parenting, then doing also what is right for our children. I love that. Well, thank you so much. You've been an amazing guest. Thank you for your time today. No problem. Thanks, Sarah. That's it for today's episode. Be sure to head on over to www.aledaconsulting.com to find out more about Adele. And I look forward to you joining me on our next That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to Sarah's virtual Heartbreak to Happiness retreat. This is a transformative combination of live webinars with Sarah herself, coupled with her empowering online video program designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com where you can also get a copy of Sarah's gift. Thank you, and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness.